You guys caught that prayer we had. Um, why don't you guys all come over just right this way, okay? Um, we, we read that prayer. A couple of you guys helped out. Um, make me an instrument of your peace. So I'm thinking about instruments today, and I've got a few um, to give you. So um, I was wondering if we could do a little instrument assessment. I have a, a slide um, of our, okay, this is our instrument assessment. You guys see that? I'm going to be quizzing you guys. I'm going to hand you an instrument. I need you to tell me what its parts are. What is it made of? Uh, its power, what can it do, and its purpose, why was it made, okay? So, oh, I need my microphone. So, Josiah, you're first, and this is something we commonly call an instrument, right? Okay, do you know what this is called? Uh, ukulele. Uh-huh, and what, what are its parts? Um, strings and um. it's got some wood and some little turny knobs, yeah? Do you know what its power is? What can you do with this instrument? Um, make music. Yeah, yeah, okay. What do you think its purpose is? Why do you think someone created an, a ukulele? Um, so then um, people could um, enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy music. Music is really powerful, right? Okay, cool, thank you. You can set that on the front um, step there if you want. Okay, next, Armando, this is your instrument. What is this, do you know what this is called? A whisk. Yeah, can you hold it up so everyone can see? Okay, what kind of parts is this whisk made of? Uh, all right, metal. Some metal, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and uh, what is its power, what does it do? Have you ever used a whisk? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Not exactly. Do you have a guess of what it does? Uh, mixes things. Yeah, mixes things, especially certain things like eggs. Sometimes you, you need a special tool to mix eggs. So why do you think someone invented a whisk? Why do you uh, think it was created? So What's you its purpose? can mix things. So you can mix things. Yeah. Okay. All right. That works. That works. Cool, cool. All right. You guys can go back to your seats. Okay. Next, Anastasia. Do you know what this is? Hold it up high so everyone can see. A stapler. Say it one more time. A stapler. A stapler. Okay, what, what parts do we have here? Um, do you know what's inside? Staples. Little staples. Uh-huh. I, I don't actually it's know It's called how. a stapler. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what, what is its power? What does a stapler do? Staple things. <laughs> Yes, but what's the purpose? What, what is the point of stapling things? Staple things together. Together. So if you have like a stack of papers and you want them together. Staple it. Yes. <laughs> yes, good job. Awesome. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. Okay. Nicholas. Okay, what is this? Hold it up high so everyone can see. A calculator. A calculator. Um, does anyone still use graphing calculators? Okay, okay, good. That was a highly coveted instrument uh, when I was a kid. Do you use one of these at school sometimes? Not really. Not really, okay. But you know what it does. What, what are its parts? What's, what's it made up of? Buttons. Um, there's screws in here. Oh, he's investigating very closely. Screws holding it together. It's got a little screen, right? Yeah, what shows up on the screen? Um, numbers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what's its power? What can it do? 
calculate things. Uh-huh, like for example? Um, like, if you're trying to figure out a word problem, no. Yeah, like if you, you have a problem that's like, there were 45 people at church, oh, yeah. and if, then 82 more people came. Yeah. How many people were at church? This would help you? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of a calculator? To help you solve math problems. Yeah, because you could do that without a calculator, right? Mm -hmm. But a calculator helps you do it better, right? Yes. Cool. You want to play with that now, don't you? Mm -hmm. you, you can take it back to your seat. Okay. Okay, you can go back to your seat. Okay, and then for our fifth and final instrument, we have this one. What, what do you call this instrument? A human. Yes! She caught on quick. Okay, and what are you made up of? Water and skin and organs and stuff. Mm, and yes. Okay. And uh, what kind of powers do you have, human? I can walk and, and talk and, and do stuff. Yes. You can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what is your purpose? Why were you created? Um, I was created because I'm awesome and um, because to make a difference in the world. Ooh, okay, all right. <laughs> Sathya's going to preach a sermon now. No. <laughs> you actually can go back to your seat. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Kids did awesome, of course. So... Some of you might take issue with being called an instrument, but somebody wrote that prayer, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it works. So we did this instrument assessment, right? The, the parts, the power, the purpose. And with humans, we are, we are created for a purpose, right? We, we were created by the, the God of the universe, and we were fearfully and wonderfully made, the scriptures say. And we are created even in the very... ...image of our Creator. The God of the universe put his stamp on us. So there is something special about these human beings, instruments. And we've got, we've got parts, right? We've got parts that you can see like opposable thumbs, right? Legs that move, eyes that see and ears that hear. But we've also got things you can't see quite uh, immediately. We all have uh, um, passions. We have, we have minds that that think and, and wonder and, and stew and, and are curious. Uh, we have interests, things that we kind of follow after and go after. We all have different abilities and gifts that are given by God. And so this translates into our powers. What can us humans do? We can do so many things. So many things. I mean, just look at a whisk and a ukulele. I mean, humans make really cool things, Right? Step into an art museum, put on a playlist, uh, read some poetry. Humans make amazing things. Look at the little computer that you have in your pocket, for goodness sakes. Humans made it. 
with all these amazing things that you can do. Humans have all kinds of power. We can do all kinds of things. And our creator gave us freedom to actually choose what we do. Gave us the freedom to choose what we do with who we are. But I do believe that our creator had a purpose in creating us. Why did God make us in the first place? What did God have in mind when God breathed life into humankind? I don't know about you, but it can be a little overwhelming to figure out what to do with all these powers, all these interests, all these abilities that we have. Should I play soccer or volleyball? Can I do both? How about an after-school drawing class? But what if it conflicts with chess club? Can I just sit in my room and read books all day? Maybe I make a YouTube channel where I tell people about my favorite books. Or maybe TikTok would be a better platform. I don't know. We have endless possibilities. But it helps to think back, why? Why were we created? Theologians might have some quick and simple answers that you can memorize and recite in a moment. But in actuality, we could probably be here all day, all week, all month. We'll have old Pastor Kelly's Philosophy Club and talk about the purpose of human life. Anyone want to come? Hmm, Okay, that's all right. In Genesis, uh, it says that God created people to take care of the planet, to steward his creation. There's places in the New Testament that say we live for God's glory, uh, that we exist uh, to glorify God and to praise him. I believe that ultimately our purpose is to be connected to God. There's a lot of different ways we can say that, to know God, to be in communion with God, to love God with all that we are. And all of that will always mean being connected to what matters to God, to know God's heart, to be in communion with God's creation, to love our neighbor. I have a quote I want to share with you. David Benner says, the foundation of our identity resides in our life-giving relationship with the source of life. The foundation of who we are is in a life-giving relationship with the source of life. And you can go find your identity all different kinds of places if you want, but I think that this is what God designed for us, that we be connected to God and who God is and God's heart and find there who we are. This gives meaning to our life right now on earth and gives meaning to our life into eternity, even beyond the grave because of the gift of Jesus Christ. And so I think that peace is as good an idea as any to center us on what matters most to God. So we might say our purpose is peace. Our purpose is peace. Now, if you know me or you've heard me preach before, you all know that when I say peace, I'm not just talking about feeling good, absence of conflict, everything feeling fine, avoiding uh, arguments, whatever it might be. When I say peace, I'm talking about shalom. is a Hebrew word translated into a lot of things, including peace and well-being and wholeness, even prosperity, the word shalom in Hebrew. God's idea of peace, biblical peace, is a much more holistic idea. It's God's dream for our world, 
where everyone has what they need and all of creation flourishes. That is what peace is. I believe that God created us with peace in mind. And we want to have peace with God, peace within ourselves, peace with each other, peace with creation. So go back to David Benner. He says, we believe in a creator God who molds humanity and all of nature with a loving intent, seeking the flourishing and fulfillment of all created things. So our calling, therefore, is the way of being that is both best for us and best for the world. Our calling, what we're supposed to do with all these abilities that we have, all these options and choices that we have, is somehow discerning what is best and truest to who I am and best for the world, pursuing God's peace. And so we might pray on the regular, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Lord, make me an instrument of your love, an instrument of forgiveness and faith and hope, and light, and joy. God gave us a choice. There is possibility with each part of who we are, with every power that we have, there is possibility to pursue peace. You can use your voice for peace, or you can use it to cut others down. You can use your hands for peace, to help, to serve, or you can use your hands to hurt and to harm, or to grab what's not yours. You can use your mind for peace, plotting acts of kindness, and studying the ways of God's justice. We can use all that we are to pursue the vision of wholeness and wellness of God's shalom. Lord knows there are plenty of human beings all over the place choosing all kinds of other things. Far too many choosing hate and hurt, doubt and despair. Far too many stuck in darkness and sadness. So why don't we use these incredible powers that God has given us to pursue peace? Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I see a connection to the image of God there. When we pursue peace, that image of God comes alive in us. So why not use all that we are, our abilities, our interests, our social networks, our relationships, for love and for peace? Jesus summed up the law and the prophets with that one word, love. Love God, love neighbor. And as Nicholas read for us, Jesus even told us to love our enemies. Jesus calls us to love, as one writer puts it, those who are right on the other side of my empathy. It's just a creative definition for enemy. The person who's right on the other side of how far my empathy reaches. God calls us to love all because God loves all. We might sum up our purpose in that one word, love and peace. Eugene Peterson writes that love is the most characteristic and comprehensive act of the human being. We are most ourselves when we love. We are most the people of God when we love. If peace is the goal, love is the thing that gets us there. Okay? 
Now, when we think about being agents of change, instruments of peace, uh, praying this prayer, perhaps, we might be tempted to think of our purpose as some big grand thing, like an Olympic athlete who's destined for gold, or a genius innovator who's destined to find the, the next great digital platform, or you fill in the blank, whatever huge aspirations have crossed your mind at one time or another. But let me suggest this to you. Every day, for the next week, try praying this prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, light, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. As you pray that prayer, see what purpose unfolds for you that day. It doesn't have to be big and glamorous and glorious. It just has to be faithful to what God is calling you to. Now, honestly, praying a prayer like this will require you keeping your eyes open for those who are hurting, those who are lonely or left out. It will require noticing hate and all the icky forms that it may take. This may require being a listening ear for someone who has big questions. Opening yourself up to someone else's hurt. Giving your attention to the story of another. And listening and receiving it with grace. We are called to be instruments of peace. It doesn't mean we avoid all the nasty, icky stuff around us. Instead, following God's call, we see where we might make a small difference in partnership with our God. I have a quote that I wanted to share from Brian Stevenson who says, you should not underestimate the power that you have to affirm the humanity and dignity of the people who are around you. And when you do that, they will teach you something about what you need to learn about human dignity but also what you can do to be a change agent. Now, Brian Stevenson, if you don't know who he is, please Google him after you leave church today. Here, there's a hero who has used his power uh, for an incredible purpose in line with God's peace. I mean, he even got a movie made about him, so obviously he succeeded, right? His mission has been to bring freedom to captives and justice to the oppressed. He's a hero. But hear his advice. Affirm the humanity and the dignity of the people around you. This is what Jesus did as he made his way around Galilee and Samaria and all the way to Jerusalem. Every day there are small but significant ways that you can be an instrument of peace. Every day there are mundane but meaningful ways that you can show love. Do not underestimate your power. As you partner with God, God will reveal to you the next right thing, pursuing his peace. I want to close by praying for you and also praying for the folks in our congregation. Today is not only about our young people. Uh, we always make it a habit of praying for folks in our congregation. Um, and uh, so if you would join me now in prayer.